1: It's five o'clock. It's five o'clock, o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons report. Whoa! We'll Guns it,
2: caught, touchdown, Atlanta in the end zone, caught, touchdown. You shall not.
1: The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh,
2: my heavens. On
1: Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man, it is good to have you listening to us. Thank you for making Atlanta's uh, us uh, Atlanta's number one sports station, 92.9 The Game, and it's number one sports show, guys. Appreciate you. Let's talk to West Durham, the voice of our Atlanta Falcons. Wes, lots of change in the air, uh, and listen, the season was not what we expected. We know that, and certainly right. the la- the last game, which we'll talk about, because I want to get your thoughts on that last play as as you guys saw it from the booth. But okay, because uh, I don't think anybody expected that. But um, as far as the changes, tell me where you're at, and how do you feel as far as where we go? I know a lot of Falcon fans are expressing their opinions about what they'd like to see um in this whole ordeal and yesterday of course we heard from Mr. Blank and Rich McKay.
2: Yeah, I watched some of the uh, press I was traveling yesterday afternoon so I didn't see it, you know, as it unfolded, but I watched some of it last night. And I you know, they have they've got a sound plan from the standpoint of what they want to do in terms of, you know, the the group that's ultimately going to make the decision. I mean, it's as Mr. Blank said, he'll make the decision, but I think he's going to use the resources not just Rich, but I think he's going to talk with Terry Fontenot. I think he's going to certainly talk to other people, Greg Beatles. Uh, you know, and I'm imagining Steve Cannon somewhere along the way as well, although he wasn't mentioned by name yesterday. I'm going to guess that Steve's involved too. I, I think obviously they want to get it right. I, I think fans who think, well, you know, the system hasn't worked before, so why is it going to work now? Well, that's why you make the change. You want to get it right. And that's the goal here is to get it right. And a couple of times it's worked out. But at the same time, too, I think everybody's disappointed that it didn't work out for Arthur Smith and his staff. Now, that being said, I think there's some things about what Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have done in the first three years that make the job a better job for the next guy who gets the job. And I think we all have to recognize that, too. Number one, the stability of the team is a lot better than it was three years ago when they took it. Um, There is a little bit more financial viability in this small team than there was three years ago. And I, I think that makes it an attractive job. The thing that we get caught up in, Carl and Mike, in the first 48 hours after the season ends is how many jobs come open and how many names um, you know, you're know you linked romantically to, you know, right. uh, for lack of a better term. And I think that's something you've got to get through and then start getting down to, as is, is I've talked to people with search firms and guys that have made several hires, you've got to get down to what your reality is what your reality is with guys that are gonna be congruent to what you want to do and the reality of what the financial end of the thing is gonna be, not just for the head coach, but the resources and installation of the rest of the staff and other people that are going to be involved in the process.
3: And that's the thing, Wes, we said it earlier, you go back and you look, you got you got some really good running backs, you know, you got guys in place between, you know, Bijan and Algier you got a great wide receiver, you know, you got like, we we can hope that Pitts comes back and is a hundred percent and maximizes skill set. Offensive line is pretty solid. And your defense is, is really solid. It reminds you a little bit, it reminds you a little bit of what Mike Smith inherited in 2008. If you can go find the right quarterback.
2: Well, and it brings to, and here's the other surface piece of this too, Mike. And this is like Ryan Nielsen came in here and did some really, really good things with the defense. Now, The defense in the last five weeks, the last six weeks, probably not as good as it was in the first 11 or 12 weeks of the season. But you can point some of that to injury. You can point some of that to the fact that maybe their depth needs to be better, things of that nature. But I would say the defense was a real positive. Mm -hmm. Now, you can point to a lot of things about the offense and say, well, it just wasn't clicking. One thing we have learned through this part, though, is is that in order to – and look at the 14 teams playing, guys they're not bad quarterbacks in any, I mean, there's not a plus plus quarterbacks on every team, but this is a quarterback driven league now, and you've got to be good at that position and you have to be consistent at that position. And, you know, if you're going to cap any of Arthur's work here in three years in terms of wins and losses, the lack of that consistency is probably what bore out at the end and I think there are pieces of this franchise that are going to be very attractive to other people. and There are guys that are going to see this job and say, well, this, this organization needs some work in others.
1: Wes, I did not hear your call at the end of that game with that bogus touchdown because I was so frustrated with the way the day had gone.
2: You just shut the radio off and went outside?
1: This is pretty much what I did.
2: Okay. That's fine. Um, and, and
1: I lit up a cigar,
2: but listen, you are forgiven Carl for that, but go ahead. What,
1: what did you see? What, what did you guys, I saw a, guy,
2: I saw a team that lined up in the victory formation mm-hmm. and they, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you. And I said on the air, it looked like Jameis Winston went off script mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it sounds like with Dennis Allen, that was the case. Now, am I surprised that the Arthur Smith, Dennis Allen thing wasn't exactly a Chamber of Commerce Rotary breakfast at the midfield line? No, not at all. <laughs> but but what I will say is this: I am I am of the belief that if these players decided that's what they wanted to do, then that's what they were going to do. Now, you can add, that that presents a whole other issue with Dennis Allen and his players, right? And that's New Orleans' problem, not Atlanta's. But that's what happened, and you know, it's like Dave said on the air: that will not be forgotten. and it won't be forgotten in the rivalry and quite frankly good for the rivalry because I love the game you know New Orleans you know I would like for them to change the end game stuff every once in a while I mean the old the video board stuff with the 28-3 and Drew Brees and all that. Right. It gets a little old after a while. But, got to hear, you got
3: to hear your voice. Got to hear your call on the PA system.
2: Well, they're very kind. I didn't get any money out of that. But that's one of
1: the <laughs> NIL, baby. Stop. Get I'd your like NIL. Get... And by the way, <laughs> for guys.
3: I'd like to get my NIL. Carl, where's right? my NIL? No doubt. And for guys who missed the show yesterday, I was telling a story on the radio, West. I mean, like they troll harder than anybody. I mean, we've got, you know, there's rivalries in the NFL, but nobody does that. I mean, I mean, that's, that's their prerogative. That's what they do. When they, and they get their yah yas uh, from it. That's for darn oh, I'd sure. I'd like
2: for us to haul it out just once, Mike. Right. I'd like to haul it out just once. Right. I'm with I mean, you. Because I think we could – if we did it once, I think oh. we did hit a home run now. If Again. we did it once on them. I'd like to produce no the video.
3: I'd I, I have some ideas for how we can make this thing look. It's our man, Wes Durham. <laughs> hey, one of the things, Wes, and, and just to bring it back to the game itself, ironically – a play that I think you and I talked about with Carl earlier in the year at Arch. Man, I can't wait to see B. John Robinson out of the backfield, some wheel route stuff, and, and it just seems like for whatever reason it just didn't manifest itself until, well, the last damn game of the season where B. John takes it to the house.
2: Well, you know, patience is a virtue, Bill. Um, <laughs> I, look, I think that if you go back and extract individuals That got better as the year went on. I I think Robinson is going to be one of those that you're going to come back with a kind of a smile on your face about where you're going to go with this guy. Right? I just think he got better as the year went on. Look, it wasn't perfect. There were steps back. There were steps forward. But I I certainly think he's got a lot under the hood as a person and as a football player that you can really buy into at this point. And to be honest with you, I'm pretty excited about where it's going to go with Bijan Robinson in the backfield and as a part of this football team. I would also say that there are probably a list of three or four other players, younger guys, first or second year guys, who I, who I think also fall in that category. I'll give you two on defense. would be Arnold Katie and Zach Harrison. I, I thought both guys, as the year went on, they had some flashes and sequences, but they got better from start to finish. And I think that's encouraging. I thought Bergeron did a pretty good job. We were talking about Bergeron a minute ago, guys. I think Bergeron did a pretty nice job. Yeah. to be honest with you never complained um, about him no you you found a way and I think you can build with him now you know we all have to respect where Jake Matthews is at left tackle we certainly know about Lindstrom going to the pro bowl and McGarry at the right side but I think Bergeron gave you a lot to think about in terms of the future of where you're going to be in that particular situation so
1: what did you think of the national championship game last night
2: man I mean Michigan looked like Nebraska running it old days. <laughs> they like did like Fricky's Nebraska, like the Fricky, right. Fricky, you know the Nebraska, not Nebraska Matt Rule, but like <laughs> like when Fricky had Dr. Tom and stuff. Right. Um, I was surprised. I didn't think J.J. J. McCarthy would throw it a ton, but I thought Washington would be able to make more plays. Michigan deserves a lot of credit. Jesse menner was at Georgia State a handful of years ago, right. and I got a chance to meet him there, and I really thought he was a terrific young coach. This guy's become a star. Um, I can't believe he hadn't been, you know, picked up to be somebody's head coach yet. Because that defense, San Rastrill has been a terrific player the last two years, but I thought they really did a good job taking Washington totally out of what they were doing offensively. And, you know, as I would say they were offensively efficient and defensively dramatic last night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the sideshow stuff and all the Connor Scallion stuff aside. You know, Jim Harbaugh three years ago was looking in the mirror as to whether or not he could get the job done there, and they found a way to get it done. Now, how they got it done, and, you know, the Watergate of the deal, that's up to them, <laughs> but they won the games this year, and they're 15-0, and and they were impressive in just about every game. So, you know, you congratulations, and you tip your hat to Harbaugh, and we look forward to seeing Coach the Chargers next year.
3: Now, see, that's where I want to jump in, because i like I say let's go crazy. Let's get this guy over here. Let's make the mo- you gotta make him the highest coach. Well, you won't coach. be
2: going to Flowery Branch every Wednesday if Harbaugh gets a job. I'll tell you that, Mike.
3: You don't think we can pull that off?
2: Well, I think you and Harbaugh would be special now. That'd be great radio.
3: <laughs> I tell you this.
2: Do you just talked about? He get up, walk off he's, on you. He's he
3: well, care. I mean, you got to frame it. You got to know what you're going into. I mean, there's certain guys, you know, you can play, you can play grab ass with some guys, you can't. But I mean, but dude, yeah. but he like, yeah, egomaniac, whatever, quirky. Sure, we were talking to Mark Slareth about it. Just earlier. got up and walked when you said
2: that. <laughs> but <laughs> what, but is that, Schler, hey, what is hey, what did say about, said, about Harbaugh? Said
3: guys love playing for him. some guys, they and do. And, and, no and, about and that it's form. physicality, and as we just, said, we just said, we just like, oh wait, we got a great run game. We got a decent enough offensive line. Maybe we try to upgrade at center. We'll see. But we've got enough pieces that fit what he'd like to do, just gotta you know, gotta throw I, some money at him.
2: I don't I don't disagree. But I also think too, and this goes back to the bigger picture of how this is gonna work. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is probably going to want in this second exchange as an NFL head coach, he's probably going to want Total a control. degree of control over the roster right. and a degree of control over acquisitions. I'm just guessing now I'm I'm just based on what I know and, and kind of what he's done in his past. And look, I, there's no question he can win. He is a terrific football coach. He gets about it in a different way Mm -hmm. and he he wins enough and he does it in a way that it's a love or hate relationship. And that's fine. If he's on your team, you're going to love him. And if he's not on your team, you're going to hate him. And I think there's some value to that. And I, And it would be – I joke about it, but he would be a really interesting figure in the Atlanta sports market to be the head coach of the Falcons. I'm not going to rule it out. Mm -hmm. His brother-in-law was the head coach of Georgia's basketball team. Um, You know, I'm I'm of the belief that Jim can get it done at the National Football League level, and I think he's going to come back to try and prove it, to be honest.
1: Uh, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Oh,
2: my God, Carl. It's going to be because of the other jobs. <laughs> oh, yeah. This yep. is good. And, and by the way, the pool now, not the pool for the jobs, but the pool of the candidates is really unbelievable. I mean, right. Mike Vrabel in Nashville is a stunner to me. Right. And, I, I mean, that guy. And, look, I don't know if if there's something in the water in Foxborough or not, but that guy potentially becoming available? Come on now. He can that's, the greatest, that's the greatest one to ever do it now. I mean, you're bringing that guy into play. Ah,
3: but, you know, Wes, the third act at age 72, and he's going to want total control, and his personnel moves have not been I the same totally the last, last decade.
2: I agree with you guys. But I also think, too, and we have to be honest with ourselves about this, there's going to be varying levels. And, look, I think Terry is terrific but there's going to have to be, we had a 50 50 understanding with Arthur and Terrier, right? Correct. Now maybe that changes a little bit. We all, and they have to know that. That's why I think the comments were made the way they were made yesterday. I think we all have to know this is a bit of a moving target for the ownership group to, to get this done. And, and that's going to be part of this. And I think as fans and people that cover the team, like we do, I think you have to, you have to grasp that as well. And, Look, it's it's gonna be, you know, a positive for Atlanta because you're gonna have some momentum built from this. And I think it's gonna be really interesting to see kind of how the chemistry we talk about chemistry of football teams. We're gonna have to have chemistry a little bit with the front office and coaching
1: now. Oh, big time. How
2: does that work with guys yeah. that, you know, maybe have never worked
1: together? Yeah. It's gonna it's 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 gonna be one of the big stories as we move forward. Hey man, we appreciate you as always, Wes. Take care. Thank you again all season. And another great year of calling games. It didn't play out the way we wanted, but, my right. friend, you, you're still one of the best at doing this thing, and uh,
2: thank you again. Same time. Look forward to it, guys. Keep in touch, okay? Right. Cool.
3: You got it, man. Yeah, don't forget uh, when they brought Mike Smith and he did not know Dimitrov. Dimitrov didn't know Quinn. Uh, Archer didn't know Terry. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
1: so, but that's why yeah. all of that was 50-50. Right. If you get one of these established dudes, it's not going to be. And we're going to talk about it and what it means for Terry Fontenot and the look of the organization when we come back on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app The strong arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foy Associates Personal Injury Law.
1: It is Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9. The game, as we just had a conversation with West Durham, the voice of our Atlanta Falcons, talking about the offseason and where all of this is going to go. Um, part of yesterday's press conference, all right, sent a message that I think was unintended, but was intended. And the unintended message was that <laughs> we still have a general manager here. But if you fit a certain criteria, and this is the unintended message or the intended message, if you fit a certain criteria, um, you can come here and probably have more power than you are currently having. And whether you're fighting for it, we can adjust our scale here to accommodate you. And I just said this earlier, and I just want to repeat it about what we now know after yesterday and how we feel. And that is Rich McKay is making these decisions. Um, That is where I'm at. I don't think anybody can tell me at this point, Mike, that I'm wrong, especially after the way yesterday went with Terry Fontenot not being there. Um, and for for those people who say, well, Terry couldn't answer some of those questions, as I said earlier,
3: allow him to answer the questions he could, and then say Rich is right here. He, that's a question for Rich, right? Because Rich and uh, and Arthur Blank hired Arthur Smith four days before Terry Fontenot was hired. You know, but you could ask. But the questions that you know Rich had to answer about the usage rate of the guys that you drafted you know why why this team doesn't score more points all the things there are things that are you know get back to the personnel moves general manager general, general managers territory you know not the guy who's like the CEO but leans into it and and look it, we've always had a good relationship with rich but i will say this i mean the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result and the same thing they're going to do the same thing again And the closest we've come through this process of finding a coach was Dan Quinn almost almost winning the super bowl almost but you know we've had we haven't won jack in 6 years you know, two winning seasons in 11, if you take it all the way back to Mike Smith, you know, and, but, and the, same, the same group is going to be talking perhaps to another coach who's never been a head coach because maybe he's cheaper. I don't know. I don't, that's an, I don't even know if that's a consideration. Mm. But, I mean, you're going to bring in another up-and-comer. I think this, this calls for – got a lot of things that are in place here. Find that quarterback, whether it's going to be – there's only one guy in free agency, Carl. That's Kirk Cousins. Everything else comes vis-a-vis the draft. Or trade. And, right, or trade. And then let's go to work because you've got a lot of things in place. That's why I always reference the 2008 season because good run game, all those pieces, good defense too. I just think it needs to be said,
1: uh, and so I'm saying it, that if you have never been marginalized or minimized or you've not had to deal with a fair and equitable workplace, Mm -hmm. then you don't get it. If you have, then you do. And that is what Terry Fontenot is dealing with. Hiring a black GM is just not enough. You have to let them work, do the job. And yesterday, for the first time, Mike, I felt like that wasn't being allowed, and maybe that's been the situation the entire time. So as I look around the league, I just want to be clear with you guys. Andrew Berry is with the Browns. His team's in the playoffs. He's team building. He's hiring. He's doing the things GMs do. Chris is doing the same thing with the Dolphins. Oh, by the way, they're in the playoffs. So is Brad Holmes with the Lions. Oh, by the way, he's the guy that made the trade to go get Jared Goff. He's the guy that was in on bringing in Dan Campbell. These decisions that GMs make, Mike. So you look around the league. Omar Car, Omar Can uh, or Carr, that is, uh, can with the Steelers. Here's another guy that's doing the job. I just felt like yesterday that was the message. And that right. was the part that a lot of people
3: saw that didn't feel right with this. How it's do you just stuff? They had to be said. How do you fix so that? How do you fix that? Right, because again, two ways of looking at it. If the if the mission here is to land somebody like Bill Belichick, and you, if you feel somehow that you've got to have the, the, the I guess the symbolism of the fact that general manager is really just director of player personnel, and you can come in and you and you can run the ship fine, but in Atlanta, those images matter to people. And it, to me, it was a mistake. And even if, again, even if it if, if it truly was, look, they didn't. He didn't hire him. Fontenot's not going to be answering any questions. There are questions we thought that you were going to like the Deshaun Watson thing. We found out that that was groupthink, that that was a, a combined effort from apparently everybody on board to try to go for Deshaun Watson. When you had no chance in hell of making that happen, which then further marginalized Matt Ryan to so the point where Matt, you know, you move on from him, and, and you really did screw up the timeline for the quarterback. We talked about that with Rich earlier, but to me. Either you, you, the guy – like, I'm saying empower the guy. I'm not saying – I'm not blaming Terry Fontenot for the coach. The coach – and and another thing, Terry, did Arthur pick the offensive pieces and you picked the defensive pieces?
1: He wasn't there to answer that.
3: I'd like to hear it from the man himself instead of listening to Rich McKay and Arthur talk around in circles about how these process work.
1: He wasn't there. Four zero four You're saying, Dukes and Bell. why does this matter? It matters because the decision-making process – that we're about to go through is not what you think it is. And that's why it matters. They can tell us what they think, what was supposed to be, but it's not. And so that is why it matters. And I think it became self-evident yesterday as this press conference played out. Mike, I'm telling you, around the country, everybody's talking about this. Right. Everybody's talking about it. And so you have general managers and coaches and other organizations and people saying, what
3: was that? Right. Didn't pass the eye test. And again, as Carl said, if you don't understand it, then you don't understand it. But uh, there's other guys, black, white, green, or brown, that are involved in this decision process and are more certainly – the perception is, okay, now I get it. You're making me as a fan say, he really doesn't have any juice. He's just going to be, again, director of player personnel, which is you know, an important job, don't get me wrong, Carl. But another coach is going to come in and dictate the tempo of what we're going to do here? You better hire the damn right coach.
1: The quote was, he will be heavily involved – how about, how about make the decisions like every other general manager around the league? There's a process, Mike, but I don't think you should be consulting mm-hmm. with the guy who ultimately makes the decisions before right. you make the decisions as a general manager. And that is how I feel what's going on. I feel like, hey, what do you think about this, Rich? Oh, you think that's the guy? Okay, we'll go get that guy. Not Rich. This is how right. I feel. This right. is the guy I want. We're doing it. Right. And if I fail, then I fail. Right. Now, you get fired just like everybody else, but th- this idea that I have to pass along to you before I make the idea, and then oh,
3: you suggest that is where I—that's where I'm at right. today. So look, that's and, we're, and that's why we wanted to hear the man speak, and hopefully we'll get and, and hopefully the Falcons are listening and they'll let us talk to the general manager. You remember? you remember when we had
1: uh, Landry Fields on? Yes, that's the general manager for the Hawks guys, and this was last year, and we were like, and that whole Tony Wrestler thing was going on, right. and his son, and who? How, mingling- how, how do decisions get made? And we said. You making the decisions, right? Right. And he said they allow me to make all the decisions. Right. I am allowed to do whatever I need to do as a general manager. He came on this show and said that. Okay. Now we know. I don't feel that way about our general no, manager. No, and, and, and,
3: and as we said, then give us more information that would come from the man himself. Because, for instance, I mean, did he have to go? Hey, guys, can we sign Jesse Bates? Because uh, Jesse Bates. Because that's a great hire. That's, a great, if that's his. I, again, I'm guessing because I don't know definitively if he was more in charge of the defense. Well, he picked up some great pieces. I feel like he was. Calais, I, I feel yeah, like he right. was. But I don't, still don't know if he had to yeah. go get the okay. So, I mean, you went and Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree. That accounted for 13 sacks this year. The defense was certainly improved. Jesse Bates was a rock star. You got some great depth. When the offensive line got jammed up with injuries, I said this. I will give, give Terry all the credit in the world. There's, if that was three or four years ago, we're dead in the water. Team was still able to compete with the offensive line with the backups because they built good depth. Yes, but that's team building. That's what general yeah, managers that's, do. That's, so there you go. That's <laughs> so, that's that's what that he should. Sounds be to doing. me like he's doing some some. De- now the big question we all want to freaking know is who wanted Pitts, <laughs> or was that also? Was that also groupthink? I, I
1: asked Mike, right? I asked, right? Big old, did I not ask that question, right? Did, did I did I not yeah.
3: ask that question, uh, turtle? <laughs> I asked. The question was asked. So, just uh, I said this to start the show for guys and ladies in their cars. Now, I said this to Carl. When you go out, like whether you liked Arthur or not, and he was always good, to us, But okay, now we're turning the page, Carl. It is a completely blank canvas, right? Clean slate. It's usually it can be an exciting time. We're, hey, we're going to probably go draft a quarterback this year in the NFL draft, Carl, with a top ten pick, right? Correct. I got to be honest. As a twenty-five year Falcon fan, I have no confidence in this organization to pull this off and get it right.
1: Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Maybe it all works out. God, I hope it does. Mm. But this is what we're dealing with. And you got to let the guy who's doing all the work. is at Flower. He's doing all the work. He's putting all these things together. He's uh, compliance, compliance. We got to make sure the NFL knows he's doing all the work. But you're not going to let him decide who he's going to work next to? All right, we're coming back. More to get to. Last night, Washington, they couldn't do anything offensively. For the first time all season, really held in check. We'll talk about the national championship and where the dogs will be ranked when we start the season next year. It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
2: to the college football playoff. I think it's great. That's really good. On Dukes and Bell. Sports
0: Radio 92.9 The Game. It is
1: Dukes and Bell. Last night, beat down. I mean, honestly, it wasn't close. Michigan ran for over 300 yards. Hmm. Uh, As we talk about this game, we're going to talk about where the dogs will be ranked coming up as we turn the page and get ready for next year. College football is officially over. But, Mike, you've been saying it all day, and I just want to start with this whole hardball thing. Guys. He's the hottest commodity from the coaching world right now. Mm-hmm. You just won a national championship. We know he can coach in the NFL, uh, and what he did with his time there, he will have his pick if he wants to come to the NFL.
3: Right uh, now, he's already spoken to uh, you know the media about the next year and Michigan. Look, he, uh, there's a big the major impression from folks who cover Michigan is that Harbaugh is going to leave. He wants to get back in the NFL, and he's now going to command the highest salary in NFL history for a head coach. You've got to be prepared to step up to that plate with that. I'm just saying. It, to me, it just it's it's everything we need. We need and 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 as much as we were just singing the praise of Fontenot and the things he's been doing, this guy is a guy who wants control. He wants to have personnel control. So you're gonna have to cede that to Jim Harbaugh. So that you know might, that might mean that Terry Fontenot has to leave. But I'll tell you what. If it gets me, a guy who's been to the NFC Championship three times in a row, went to the Super Bowl, beat us, by the way, to get to that Super Bowl. Yes, he did. Just won a natty with a team that was physical, that runs the football, that had a no game plan, that was out of this world. And if I, had, I had two guys go, yeah, but what about the cheating? Are you guys insane? Who cares? Seriously. Who freaking cares? NFL, maybe nobody told you they have radios in the helmets for the quarterback. You have to worry about stealing the signals and for the linebacker. So, come on. Are you guys nuts? I mean, Bill Belichick, you guys are, I want Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick cut every damn corner there is. Okay? But uh, that's different, you know. Why would a guy videotape a walkthrough? I don't know, to gain an advantage. You Go Bill outside, Be- nerd. <laughs> so, so I, yes, Harbaugh is, the, and this isn't flavor of the month. The guy's record speaks for itself. Yeah, he's quirky, so what? Wes was like, well, are you guys? I'll try my best to get along with Harbaugh in the interview process. I'd rather speak to him than Bill Belichick who, by the way, has a 44.9% winning percentage with the games that Tom Brady is that quarterback for his team.
1: So he wins the chip last night. He is the hottest commodity. By the way, Atlanta, shoot for the stars. If you want to bring in a guy who can change your franchise, that's the guy. Now, is Arthur Blank willing to pay him 20 a year? Because that's what it's going to take. Mm. That's a whole other discussion. But you can't tell me you're willing to do anything to win and then not go after the hottest, most – uh, credible coach that is out there. And when I say that, I'm just talking about from a resume standpoint.
3: Right. And Belichick's making $20 million right now with the Patriots. All right. Uh, and by the way, you and I, just, just to get back to it, because Washington, I thought Penix, and, and another side of this, we talked a lot about Michael Penix yesterday leading up to the game, Carl. I don't think you should judge a guy by one game, just like you wouldn't judge C.J. Stroud after how awful he looked against Michigan last year. You remember that game at Ohio State You're two right. years ago? You're right. So, I mean, you go back and look at, you know, the body of work, the totality of what he's been able to do, and the guy still has a, throws an amazing ball. Michigan threw some stuff out of him he hadn't seen. One of the receivers also ran the wrong route. They could have had a score earlier. Changes the way the game maybe plays out. But uh, Michigan just got after Michigan. Michigan physically beat the crap out of Washington. It was something to see. It really
1: was. Let's hear uh, Michael Penix Jr. talking about the ups and downs of this season.
4: I've had ups and downs, you know, but, you know, I'm thankful for it all. You know, um, I'm super blessed, you know, obviously to meet Coach DeBoer at Indiana to leave me here um, to be playing for the biggest game in college football, you know, but obviously we didn't come out how I wanted to, but I know that each and every player on this team, you know, they they gave it it all and you know, um, it wasn't enough today. You know, and for for me, I'm gonna take accountability for the offense side of the ball. Feel like we could have did, did better. You know, um, too many penalties. You know, uh, and we had a lot of offsides. And I'm gonna put that on me because I gotta be louder. I gotta, you know, make sure I, I'm great with my communication and stuff like that. So my offensive line isn't, you know, um, you know, hearing ghosts. You know, it's just.
1: So, he didn't necessarily play well. I'm with Mike. It doesn't mean that his draft stock drops. He's still going to be in the NFL. Where? uh, Guys, he'll be available at 8, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, if the Falcons are interested. And they'll start to do all their work as far as these quarterbacks are concerned. But as far as hardball, uh, this is kind of funny because it's the first time Michigan's won it since 1997, and this is what he said about it.
5: I get to sit at the the big person's table now. Uh, That that feels really good. Just, uh, you know, to be... To be the only coach in your own family that you know hasn't won a national t- title uh, or Super Bowl, the the championship, that uh, yeah, that feels great personally.
1: Mike, you mentioned Blake Corum. This dude had 134 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he was just a a monster, and he's not the biggest dude.
3: But he just he yeah, makes plays. 5'8", 215, just running people over, just getting after it, man. Just again, the the game plan, the way they do, they 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 the the, the entire package that they would throw out Washington, which Washington hadn't seen on tape. You talking about unscouted looks. Yep. On defense, they did some of the things that Arizona State did, but unbalanced line. I mean, also just the running back making cuts. I mean, just and look, I'm not I'm not even interested remotely in JJ McCarthy at the next level. You know, and by the way, I'm glad the media good college, is good college, yeah, good quarterback. college QB. But, you know, no, 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 no. And look, maybe Penix falls out of the top ten. He'll have the combine to go back and impress everybody plus his pro day. But, yeah, right now, I mean, prisoner of the moment, you say, eh, wasn't the best day. You know, he, the, I don't know what he was doing on the ball. He kind of just lollipopped out there. That was that was bad. But, was. But, he was, but he couldn't plant his feet because Michigan was in his face the whole game.
1: You were able to get pressure with four and, more importantly, cover all those guys. And Michigan tackled like crazy. A lot of that stuff that happened with Washington this year, they'd, they'd turn a five-yard or ten-yard uh, gain, Mike, into a 60-yard right. touchdown, those wide receivers. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, Mike just mentioned it. What about the off-the-field issues? He was asked about this last night after they won it. It's Dukes and Bell. We're talking about the end of the college football season. Michigan is crowned champions. Here's Harbaugh.
5: Off-the-field issues, we're innocent. And, and we, stood, we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent. And... like to point that out and these guys these guys are innocent and yeah overcome that um, it wasn't that hard because we we knew we were innocent so um yeah (laughs) that's uh that's really what i want to say it went exactly how we wanted it to go It went exactly how we wanted it to go
3: so he had those three games where Harbaugh didn't coach. He didn't coach the Penn State game, by the way. So I can't remember the last time a guy won a national uh, championship and didn't coach in four of the games this year for those folks that are still hung up on it. Coach Harbaugh. <laughs> <Don't compare. laughs> yeah.
1: He missed three at the beginning and then right. three at the end, right? It was six. These
4: guys did it, man.
3: <laughs> right? T- Turtle, was that right? Six? Six total. Yeah, the pass at four. Six. Yeah, and the thing with, the, with Harbaugh, the, the dude built, like, he built this machine. We can argue that Georgia fans, I get it. If this was the playoff this year, you'd have a crack at Michigan because you would have steadily found yourself back in the championship game with the talent you had, but you didn't put out game plan together like they did to get J- Jalen Milrow on the ground or stop him in his tracks. Yeah. But Michigan had a better defense this year than they've ever had under Harbaugh. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, you know, like I said, McCarthy, he's okay. He's nothing special, but uh, as far as the NFL, but he won an Addy. Can't take that away from the dude.
1: Let's hear Harbaugh about his future in the national football league. I just want to enjoy this.
5: I just want to enjoy this. Uh, and I hope you give me that, you know, (laughs) can a guy have that? Does it, does it always have to be, you know, what's next? What's, (laughs) what's the future? Um, you know, like I said the other day, yeah, I hope, I hope to have a future. Um, Hope there's a tomorrow, a day after tomorrow, you know, a next week, a next month, a next year.
3: Yeah, you, you and I talked a lot about today. He's quirky. He's definitely his own dude. But you know what? This, this town has had some wackadoodles over here. They've done some good things. I mean, I don't think there's a, a solid thing. You have to be this rigid form, and that's got to be what an NFL coach is. I don't buy that. As long as the players respond. You're going to hear Mark Schlereth talk about it next hour. Players – I read some articles from when Harbaugh left the 49ers and the players who loved what he brought said, quirky, yes, but this guy, they love playing for him, especially the offensive linemen. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the
1: cookie you know, cutter yeah. thing. I, I don't buy that either. That All these guys are different. I can't tell you how different Mike McDaniel is. Different. But he's getting the job done. And I just think right now for where we are as a franchise and this fan base, Mike – I want to win. I don't care how corky a dude is. I don't care what he does off the field. Like, I don't give a damn. I just want to win, I want to be relevant. I don't want to be embarrassed anymore. Right. I don't want to be the talk around the country as to did you see how bad that was. I want all of that to shift and change. And if that means hiring a guy that, oh, has some tendencies that you might not
3: like, get over it. <laughs> Seriously. I want to win. Look at the 49ers that he inherited. Look at the 49ers when he got in there. Now, he got, he got sideways with the GM because he wants to have control over the person. I think he's earned that right by his record. So, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Carl, I want a coach who's been a coach before. Arthur Blank has never hired a head coach who has been a head coach at, at the NFL level. Closest we came was Petrino, who had been head coach at Louisville. So, Moore had been a, a D.C. with the 49ers, and Mike Smith did the same with the Jags. And Quinn, and Quinn had done that in Seattle.
1: Of course. Four oh four seven two six oh nine two nine. It's something we, we mentioned, Mike, as the season was playing out, and that was a lot of this t- uh, stuff sometimes you're learning on the job. That's why you have the clock mistake issues. That's why you have timeouts when you do not supposed to take time out. That You're just learning on the job. Those are things
3: you have to deal with with the first-time head coach. Overwhelmed at times, it seemed like, for Arthur. I think, you know, and Arthur might not have never had ever admitted that to us, but it sure looked like it, didn't it? No, yeah, Too well, much. I will say this.
1: I felt like, you know, and again, outside of the last game of the season, I don't know what happened at halftime. I have no idea. But we were in all these games. Like, that was the thing, right? That, I think that's more frustrating. It wasn't like we were so bad that we got blown out week after week and it was – but you're in
3: all these games. You, you, I don't even know how to explain. Yeah, it. I mean, look, I, I, that, that's I mean, the part. What happened was Ritter happened. You know, I mean, you, you tied well, yeah, the game turnovers. going into, into the half, and you and you, you know, it was a, it was a pick. You know, a minute into the game, into the second half against the Saints, and the Saints just cranked it up, and adios.
1: All right, we're coming back. Um, there could be another job opening after this weekend. Okay, this wild card weekend. Just because you're in the playoffs doesn't mean that you're not going to get fired. Huh. We're going to let you hear from one owner who said as much coming up. And you're also going to hear Mark Slayer talk about the Falcons and how attractive this job is in the 6 o'clock hour. It's Dukes and Bell.